0: This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by EV Charging Summit Expo, North America's largest EV charging summit. To learn more about the event, go to EVchargingSummit.com.
1: I think something that I want to tell people is we need to think bigger now. Uh, I think a lot of the charging conversation and, and the way that we're thinking about charging is still pretty small, and we need to replace the energy capacity of every gas station in America. And that is a really big challenge. And so the message that that I am bringing is we need to start thinking bigger. We need to start forecasting and thinking further ahead so that we make smart investments today that are going to serve charging need for a really long time.
0: Welcome into the Power Connect podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Episode 59 of the program rolling along on a Thursday. Glad to have you guys on board. The EV Charging Summit and Expo series rolls along. Uh, Another great episode today. We've got none other than one Miss Charlotte Fagan, principal analyst for the Clean Energy Development Group over at National Grid. She's going to be a speaker as well as an MC uh, at the EV Charging Summit going down March 29th through the 31st over at the Mirage. In Las Vegas, I'm excited. I'll be hosting and emceeing the event as well on March 30th, and then of course on the 31st, I will. uh, I'll be taking my uh, my little recorder around and basically just uh, bugging people, getting uh, you know doing a little man on the street type stuff with those folks, and uh, just getting the feel, the vibe, the pulse, if you will, of the event. So uh, I'll be doing that, and of course, anybody that's ever seen me at these events, uh, you know, look, have have recorder will travel, and that's exactly what we're going to do at the EV Charging Summit and Expo. By the way, if you haven't signed up for the event yet, please do so if you're going to be in Vegas. And who doesn't want to go to Las Vegas? It'll be my first trip to Vegas, so I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, it's evchargingsummit.com, and of course, uh, you can get 50% off by putting in EVCS2023 in the promo code. That's EVCS2023. Just a little quick bio on the EV Charging Summit and Expo. Uh, It's the must-attend event for all things EV charging. The summit provides educational sessions focused on financing, infrastructure, Operability and return on investment for EV charging. The expansive Expo Hall showcases real solutions, cost savings, and technological advances to infrastructure for all commercial and government organizations. And of course, you know, I've been talking with uh, Miss Merrill Morris and Laney, who have done an absolutely incredible job of putting this together. And of course, my man Neil Dykman is going to be a speaker at this as well. We still got Mr. Daniel Siegel from Simon. We've got Mr. Andreas Lips from from Shell Recharge. And then we've got a couple other folks that we're looking to get uh, as well as we lead you up to the big event so and then of course like I said my man John Duran who will be on next week so a lot of good information coming down the pike from the folks over at the EV Charging Summit so what are we getting into with today's episode like I said one Miss Charlotte Fagan just again incredible conversation with her Uh, she's going to talk a little bit about the importance of transmission and distribution and its impact uh, as far as what it means to the infrastructure side of things the difference between east coast and west coast sustainability attitudes and policies so Without further ado, please welcome to the program, Miss Charlotte Fagan.
1: It's important for us in two ways. One is that we have our own ambitions to electrify our own fleet. We are part of the First Movers Coalition, so we have signed on to electrify our entire light-duty fleet by 2030. So it means that we... As a as an EV user, we are acutely aware of a lot of the challenges and opportunities just to install enough chargers for our own trucks, right? So that's kind of one reason why we're interested in engaging in these forums, so we can learn best practices from others as we look to build out that infrastructure of charging for our own fleet. But then also we're the electric utility uh, in both uh, Massachusetts and New York, and we need to provide the power to a lot of these chargers. And for us, I think... The transportation industry in general has not in the past had to deal with electric utilities that much. That is not the type of energy they used nor the relationships they needed um and we as a utility we haven't really had to think much about transportation before that hasn't really been a part of our remit and so these are totally new types of relationships that we need to build between utilities and transportation and spaces like the EV charging summit are a really important way that we start to build these new relationships and ecosystems you know that we need in the in the transportation transition
0: what do you hope to get from the event
1: sure i think For me and my group at National Grid, I work in the clean energy development department. We think a lot about the infrastructure we need for charging on a longer time scale. So we think about charging we're gonna need for when most trucks are electric trucks. Uh, And so thinking, I think something that I wanna tell people is we need to think bigger now. Uh, I think a lot of the charging conversation and, and the way that we're thinking about charging is still pretty small. And we need to replace the energy capacity of every gas station in America. And that is a really big challenge. And so the message that that I am bringing is we need to start thinking bigger. We need to start forecasting and thinking further ahead so that we make smart investments today that are going to serve charging need for a really long time.
0: Do you feel like as much noise as was made about EVs uh, last year, for whatever reason, has that, I I don't dare, it certainly hasn't peaked, but are we kind of in a plateaued type of expectation for, or at least from a popularity standpoint with EVs?
1: I think when it comes to consumer popularity, I think a lot of that interest has been seeded. I think we see the sales numbers just going up and up when it comes to EVs as a percentage of overall light duty sales. And so although we didn't see as many commercials in the Super Bowl this year, I'm still very optimistic that the consumer demand is there and the consumer interest. And I think on the trucking side, what we see with the passage of the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, that we are just collapsing that gap that has been persistent between the total cost of ownership of an ICE vehicle and the total cost of ownership of an electric truck. And is that just that gap between those two collapses? And you know, with the IRA, we're probably seeing those total cost of ownership costs being on par either in 2023 or 2024 for a lot of different truck use cases. I think the market is gonna respond really. I have complete confidence that 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 the market demand is there, the supply is coming and that that's going to that it will meet our expectations for that.
0: Tell us a little bit about, uh, like I said, you're going to be talking at day two of the event. Um, And again, the conversation is going to be around going to be around creating the ultimate stakeholder ecosystem. Give us a little uh, snippet or preview on exactly what that means and uh, what we're going to be hearing from Charlotte Fagan.
1: Sure, I'm really excited about this panel on our keynote panel on the second day. We're bringing together folks from from across parking authorities, parking strategy uh, groups, as well as consultants and engineers who work a little bit more on the EV charging infrastructure itself. And then myself representing the utility side, showing how we need these new stakeholder relationships and thinking about how do you how do you bring the right people in the room? What are those relationships that you're gonna need uh, as you build out uh, a EV charging plan for whether you are a real estate developer or a town who's trying to figure out how to take advantage of a lot of the tax credits and incentives to get electric school buses and, and these different incentives that exist right now. And I'll be there from the utility side to say, you need to talk to your utility and you need to talk to them soon because um your utility really wants to be your partner in that and from the utility side the utilities we need to be talking to our policymakers and our regulators and talking about some of the ways that we need to change some policy and regulation so that we can make sure that as the utility we enable the EV transition rather than end up being kind of a bottleneck in that
0: what would you say right now is the biggest misnomer as it pertains to the you know large fleet uh, large vehicle, you know, truck moving segment of you know getting that electrified. I mean, I know. Look, we know Bright Drop. We've heard of those. We know what Tesla's doing in the space. Um, you know, where are people getting it wrong when it comes to what what's being done behind the scenes and or kind of what that where 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 are we at right now in that realm?
1: I think that the place where we're maybe underestimating things is I think that we. There's a lot of optimism around managed charging and storage being able to serve all of that need for truck charging. And I think that that is that every option needs to be on the table. I think that managed charging and uh, energy storage is going to be a huge part of how we electrify uh, our our trucking segment, but also we need some, we need to build some infrastructure of power lines to also serve those sites. You know, when we've been looking at these uh, load curves for, charging trucks at highway stops what we see is that there's you know it's not a huge peak in the middle of the day and then these down times when you can charge up those batteries there's actually like pretty consistent need for charging for those trucks throughout the day and so you know, I think that managed charging and storage play a huge role in that. Uh, in that, but that we also need to talk about how are we going to make sure that the distribution and transmission infrastructure is there to serve that as well, because we're going to need all of it. And I think that transmission and distribution side of it has really been missing from the conversation.
0: I know. Just from talking to some folks, that they feel like that was the one aspect of the IRA that, you know, for is lauded and for the amount of money that it's bringing to the clean energy sector. And it, you know, certainly let folks across the globe know that the United States was serious about clean energy. Uh, it did leave a lot of, you know, left a lot to be desired on the transmission and distribution front. Um, does is that where the private sector makes up for it, and folks like National Grid and, and utilities uh, step in and 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 pick up that, uh, you know, fill that void?
1: Of course, I mean, I, that's what National Grid. That's what we want to be doing, and I think this is where utilities can. This is our role. Our role is to make sure to build lines so that power can be delivered where power needs to go. I think what we need, what we need in partnership from our regulators and our policymakers is the ability sometimes, when it is prudent and where and when we have real confidence in where that demand is going to appear, to build ahead of demand. You know, as a utility, we often were only allowed to build something once demand has materialized, once a customer has said, we need 10 megawatts in this area. But as a utility, it takes us a really long time to build that infrastructure to get that power there. You know, that, can, that kind of upgrade could take us four to eight years to build. And so in these places where we know we're going to need power, like at highway rest stops, in areas where there's a lot of fleet depots we need to be able to build ahead of that demand. So that way the infrastructure is there in time to serve those newly electrified fleets as opposed to having to wait for those trucks to be have been purchased for us to be able to build the infrastructure. Because then what we're going to end up with is a really um, problematic time mismatch between when the trucks are available and when the power can, serve, can be there to charge them.
0: You've got an interesting background in the sense that not only do you have a very, uh, you know, diverse view or excuse me diverse experience because you have worked on both the east coast and on the west coast in the energy side of things but you've also you know you've worked on sustainable transportation projects in latin america and africa you know how ha- how did those travels kind of influence your views and give you a better perspective of where we're at here in the united states and what do you see as being the b- biggest difference right now between whether it's the east coast the west coast and i guess all points in between
1: sure so i think in terms of kind of how my previous career in international development and working in bicycles and sustainable transportation in Latin America and Africa, you know, part of what brought me to the utility sector and the energy sector was, you know, seeing firsthand climate change happening around the world, you know, seeing farmers who the rain was no longer coming and their livelihoods were really being uprooted by that and feeling like as an American that I had a real duty to come and work on reducing emissions here in the U.S., And also to spend some time thinking about how do you make the energy transition happen as quickly and as cheaply as possible so that everywhere else in the world can do it too. And I think that's where American innovation and invention really shines is that we will figure out the energy transition and we'll figure out how to do it in a way that's affordable for everywhere else. Um, Because having lived in a lot of places where you do not have, where I've not had reliable electricity, you know, having reliable electricity is really cool. It's really cool to be able to turn on your lights every day and depend on that. And that enables so many other things with economic development and businesses to be able to run when you have reliable power. And so figuring out how to have reliable, clean power everywhere. Uh, I think that's something that the u s. can lead on. And it's exciting to feel like that's happening these days with the Iij, with IRA that we're really stepping into a leadership role. In terms of East Coast, West Coast, of course, you know my previous experience, I worked at Southern California Edison for for a little while before. Uh, National grid, California energy market is very different. What's also interesting is especially in the transportation sector, it feels like it's, you know, a few years ahead of where we're at on the East Coast. And so talking to colleagues on the West Coast, they're feeling the strain. They're feeling some of the some of the pressure that we don't feel quite yet, but we know is coming. And that's why I think it's really important to keep those conversations going between, you know, at East Coast and West Coast around transportation, because each part of the country is feeling the strain of the transition timed a little differently. You know, I hadn't really thought much about heating and electrification until I moved east because we didn't really worry about heating and electrification in Los Angeles. It just wasn't wasn't a problem. Uh, and so I think that's where being able to share those, you know, those struggles, but also a lot of those opportunities and solutions that we're seeing across the country is really important.
0: What do you hope folks take away from the uh, creating an ultimate stakeholder ecosystem panel that you're going to be a part of on Friday, March thirty first?
1: I think the main thing I want people to take away from that is, you know, number one, call your utility as soon as possible. As soon as you're thinking about, char- you know, installing chargers, we can help you with figuring out incentives and programs and help give you a sense of uh, of timelines and costs. And also, I think just getting people to think a little more broadly about about the policy and regulatory changes we need to see to enable this transportation transition on a much wider and bigger scale. I think those are the two things that I'm really hoping people come away from our session uh, thinking about.
0: All right, real quick, we'll have a little fun with this. And of course, like I said, I'm looking forward to being a part of the uh, the event as well. Um, Las Vegas, and again, this is a convention, so let's not get carried away. I mean, you know, it's an EV charging convention, so let's, I mean, you know, the debauchery can only go so far. What, uh, you know, what is your Vegas history, and what are you looking most forward to outside of the convention uh, in Vegas?
1: So my Vegas history, the first time I went through Las Vegas was actually the first week that the world shut down in the pandemic. Um, I went out camping by Lake Mead, which has since – uh, the water is really receding and like mead from where, what it had been two years ago um, and drove through Vegas as it was completely shut down. It was a ghost town. So it was a really different uh, experience of seeing Vegas. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think something that I marvel about, about Vegas, which I think is something for folks at an EV charging conference to think about, is Vegas is amazing in terms of infrastructure. Like we built these fake cities, these, uh, you know, fake uh, Eiffel Tower, these just like the the architecture and infrastructure there is kind of mind blowing. And I think that when people haven't experienced that before, it's something to reflect on. Like we built this in Vegas, we can probably build a lot of really cool infrastructure in other parts of the country too.
0: Thank you so much for that, Miss Charlotte Fagan. You can catch all of the Power Connect episodes over at thepowerconnect.net, Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify. If you listen to us over on Apple Podcasts, leave the five star rating. As you know, it helps with the algorithm, and we think we do a pretty good job. And so far, so good. Had a great February, even though we only put out two episodes, and of course, we've gotten great feedback. Shout out to my boy, Mister Jack Duwak, as well as Arena Filipova uh, for their two excellent episodes so far. Uh, don't forget. More episodes from the EV Charging Summit coming up next week. EVChargingSummit.com. Go to the website. Uh, Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, The Power Connect. Follow myself or just connect with me, uh, Fred Davis, if you want to be on the show, if you want to sponsor, if you want to know more about it. And of course, if you want to talk to me at the EV Charging Summit, I know a handful of folks have already reached out. Uh, Again, just Connect with me on LinkedIn and or you can always reach out to me via email, fred at thepowerconnect.net. That's fred at thepowerconnect.net. I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, thank you guys so much, the listeners, the guests, and, of course, everybody over at the EV Charging Summit. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. They pass away. Wake up, all the builders. Time to build a new land. I
1: know we could do it if we are all lend a hand. The
0: only thing we have to do.